Hello everybody, welcome back to the Drum Network podcast. I'm the editor of the Drum Network, Chris Sutcliffe. In this episode, we're going to be looking at what audio and video offers to B2B marketing, what it's taken from B2C, and the future of B2B marketing across social as well. I'm joined by two expert guests from two of our members, Cap Gemini and Together, who I'll ask to introduce themselves in just a second. Before that, though, we are recording many more podcasts on behalf of the Drum Network, so if you have any future ideas for upcoming episodes, whether that be B2B or something more broad, then please do just drop me an email at chris.sutcliffe at thedrum.com. But for now, here's Anna from Capgemini talking about why video is going to be the big ad format for B2B in the next couple of years. Hi, Chris. Um, I'm Anna Costa. I am a digital marketing consultant at Capgemini Invent. Uh, in their brand and experience practice. Um, well, Capgemini is a digital transformation partner to clients. We guide them through the complex data and technology journey of uh, the marketing age. Fantastic. And so today we're going to be talking about B2B marketing and sort of how those trends have evolved over the last couple of years. And from your perspective then, has the proportion of video and audio content that's being used in B2B marketing increased over the past few years? Well, the the short answer is yes, definitely. Mm. Um, (laughs) That is a short answer. Yeah, it is a short answer. But um, there is an interesting uh, survey done by this uh, animated video company called Waisao. They surveyed 500 uh, companies and they they uh, they came out with this result that 24 percent of them uh, so there was a 24 percent increase uh, in video production since 2016 and over 80 percent of the respondents uh, they are using online uh, video marketing as well in their marketing plan um, so, which is quite interesting so and. 85% of them are planning to increase that in their uh, marketing budget. Hmm. That's really interesting. So to what extent then is that becoming almost the norm for people looking to do B2B marketing effectively? Yeah, I believe this is the norm now. Um, there is also another interesting research from, from Forbes uh, that says that more than 75% of the Fortune 500 executives are being viewed videos. So basically, the, the decision makers are are watching videos uh, to you know to to make their decision and being influenced by it. So basically, oh, the right audience and the right context, right? Uh, so so videos uh, they they feed that that need of the the audience the b2b audience yeah i think that's really interesting the idea that it's actually part of the decision making process so presumably the great strength of video in that sense is that it gives you a more tangible idea of what some a product might actually look like absolutely and um, sometimes we think that b2b video might be something serious and boring and technical right <laughs> that was uh, the uh, yeah that was why yeah. we wanted to do this podcast to kind of dispel that notion <laughs> Absolutely, and and it's completely the opposite. So it's interesting that B two B they are doing like even funnier and and better videos than <laughs> than B two C. Um, exactly the opposite what everybody thinks. They're like great examples to. to... We've we've spoken about B two C there, but to what extent is that just is that rise in video being driven by the fact that more people are consuming video now? That it's a changing consumer habit. And you know, is it the natural consequence of the ease of creating audio and video content increasing? Um, I believe 
it's the the need of mm-hmm. like meeting the audience need so basically um youtube is the second most visited site after google mm-hmm. and there is a huge increase on on um huge um, video watching and also another example i'm giving youtube as an example but of course there are an array of social media but um YouTube exists in 91 countries, uh, 80 different languages. It covers 95% of the global internet population. So it would be a mistake not being there. Um, so I believe the, the, main, the main reason for a video creation on B2B is to reach the audience because mm-hmm. this is what they're doing. They are watching videos. Um, as I said, the, the decision makers they are they are watching videos so this is the, the main uh, reason and that's an interesting way of looking at it, the fact that it's been driven by trends outside of just b2b consumption as well it's things like the pandemic that are really driving that kind of that change i suppose then the question is is it still seen as a as you know kind of video content for b2b marketing is it still seen as a novelty is that where that experimentation is coming from or is it just the need to stand out against competitors I believe it's not a novelty. I, mm. I believe it is uh, the need to, to keep up with competitors and to keep up with the audience. Um, I'm sorry, I keep banging on that one, but this <laughs> no, is absolutely. But this is this is what drives what you plan in your marketing, right? What yeah. where the audience is and what they want, the right context, and that is the right context. And and I believe that that's what's driving um, the increase on B2B video marketing. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. So from the ones that you've seen then, what have been some of the really the best examples then of, of video marketing for B2B? Is there anything that immediately leaps to mind? Um, I really like an example from um, from Adobe. Mm. Um, I'm not really sure what year it is, but it's, um, it's a good example of like awareness marketing and using humor. Uh, so it's called click, babe, click, baby, click, click, baby, click. Yeah. Um, so it's basically in, in summary, it's a business that um, they see a huge increase in their um, in their uh, in their uh, demanding um, a huge like online demand. Uh, so they start, you know, uh, ordering a lot of things, etc. Uh, and at the end, what happens is. Uh, Basically, it's a baby clicking by now, by now, by now. Me explaining is really boring, but the video, the video is quite, it's quite funny. No, it you know, like a, a uh, it's twist. really, really funny. Um, and and at the end, the the, you know, the tagline it is, do you know what your marketing is doing? We can help you. Something like this. So so it's quite, it's quite good. See, that's really interesting. That's almost like it takes that kind of the humor-based approach that we haven't really seen in a lot of B2C marketing and it's now applying it specifically to B2B. Like you said, the need to kind of stand out among your competitors means that presumably there is a lot more uh, variation in what the kind of the, the video looks like for B2B marketing. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I um, You're completely right. I gave, I gave an example of, uh, you know, how to use humor, but uh, another example is, uh, and the beauty of a video, it's mm. to uh, create a story and I think it's it goes for B2B and B2C as well so so create this that story and involve uh, the consumer or your target market in, in your journey 
so um, we, we you can have uh, your awareness like this uh, this example from Adobe or you can have uh, explaining how the technology works for example if it's a piece of software um, in the same way people have um, you know how to cook something and you go to the website and you have like the step-by-step -step of cooking a meal yeah B2B could have can have and they are using this exactly in the same way on how to use their piece of technology because uh, it's not only the end consumer or you know it, it um, I believe you can you can build that how to which is such a famous uh, you know type of video uh, on YouTube um, for B2B as well so um, so from from your experience then. Do you think there's best there's sort of universal best practice for creating that video content, or as we've discussed, is it much more targeted? And does the specific nature of B two B mean that each campaign needs to be entirely unique? Um, yeah, I think I I think it's the the your objectives, right? Um, so the video will be tailored to the objective of that campaign. Um, and there isn't a best practice in terms of, oh, the video needs to be 30 seconds or the, need, the video needs to be two minutes. It, it really depends on the objective and how, how you involve uh, uh, your target audience in that storytelling that I, I talked about a little bit earlier. Um, and you can create, create, for example, a blog through a video. So that's going to be a long format. Uh, or you can have a webinar, for example. Uh, you know, it could be awareness, it could be educational. So, um, so for each one of these would 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 be a, a best practice, depending on the channel you're using as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, so there isn't like a short answer, and um, you know, a, a step by step, a, a ge generic one. It yeah. will all depend on 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 this uh, this strategy. Does that mean then that a lot of B two B marketing agencies are having to really demonstrate the ROI of video when they go into it? Because obviously, if it's a smaller, more targeted campaign, you can't necessarily put the amount of money behind it that you would for a for a you know wider consumer campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm going back to researches. <laughs> um, there was a LinkedIn researching in 2018 talking mm. about you know the the. ROI and uh, B2B marketers uh, using a video on on uh, LinkedIn. And um, when it comes to lead generation, 78% of the uh, the marketers ag agree that video engagement helps them uh, identify higher quality leads. And 57% say that it drives a higher volume of leads overall. Um, so, okay. so there is a way to show um, ROI via That's... video, especially because the uh, social media channels, they, they understand that need and they are improving each day on the way they are, uh, you know, their analytics work and mm. the way um, they, they, they trace um, the consumer. Okay, so you've preempted my next question then, which is when you're doing B2B campaigns across social and particularly video advertising on there, is that ever, I suppose, viable for actually meeting those targets? Yes, absolutely. Um, as we as we know, um, the social media channels uh, they 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 let us uh, t 
target specific groups and um, they they are very good at that at you know uh, starting from broad and going uh, uh, you know to to a smaller um, audience um, so I think social media channels are the place to be if you are a b2b marked here really and it's a great place as well for test and learn mm. um, so you know it's it's where you see the what video works, what is uh, your audience uh, is reacting to. Um, and you can play in different uh, channels as well, depending on, on the audience you're, you're, you wanted to talk to. Uh, so I think it's, it's an absolutely beautiful world to go and test um, your, your, uh, you know, your videos. Yeah, certainly. What are the, I suppose then the question is, if you were going to give a couple of pieces of advice to anyone who is going to be creating B2B video on social then, what would be those expectations? Would it be to, uh, those pieces of advice rather, would it be to kind of keep your expectations tailored to kind of the campaign? You don't expect these things to go viral just because they are on social? Oh yeah, 100% viral. It's... uh... Uh, in my opinion, it's luck. Yeah. There is no such a thing like going viral. You, you need to just be a good strategist. Uh, you know, from the beginning, knowing what, who who your audience is, where they are, and test it. Mm. Uh, there isn't like a, a you know a, a magic advice. It's all about testing. And of course, remember that we are all humans and we like a good storytelling. It doesn't matter if it's B2C, B2B. Uh, you know, it's all about the storytelling. So, hi everyone, I'm John Busby. I'm the CTO at Together Creative. Uh, so we're a B2B creative marketing agency, just headquartered out of Marlow, but but a global agency now with clients on all three three major continents. Um, my main role, I've, I've been at Together for over a decade. Um, uh, from the, Over those years, we've grown the digital team up from just two of us uh, and a credit card uh, <laughs> to a third of the agency. Um, including some of our own products as well. You know, we are, we like to think we're quite a different agency in the sense of we have our time and materials, our our agency work that allows us to be incredibly creative, allows us to push new solutions, new technologies, new uh, push outcomes for our clients. And then we have our product side as well, which is all based in the channel. Um, and that allows us uh, skunk works to try out some of these items before we're ready to test them with with clients. So, you know, w- w- my role sits across all of those different facets of our of our wonderful agency, including things like like media now um, to to head up the technology. And and really, if I was to describe my role in, I'm, I'm going to use one of my clients' words here, which I think sums Go up brilliantly. Uh, I, I'm there to make to, to to help our clients feel comfortable going outside their comfort zone. Very when nice. you're doing new exactly when you're doing new things digitally it can be so uh dis- disconcerting is that the right word yeah absolutely you kind of you just want to know that somebody's holding your hand as you're sort of dipping your toe into the exactly. water and it moves so fast nowadays i think you know looking at some of the questions we're going to cover today there are so many um things that are just changing in b2b it's it's difficult i mean i will put my hands up and say it's difficult for one man to to, to keep up um <laughs> i rely on my wonderful team to, to to bring the latest innovations to me um and that's something about how we run innovation to hear it together but it, it's just we're moving at a breakneck pace and i think now is a, 
now is probably one of the most exciting times for for b2b moving forward so, so yeah. then would you say that the kind of the the necessity is for you to actually go out to potential clients and say look here is what is possible now it might not be what you expect uh, yeah i mean that's a great question chris i would if i was to if i if i think about some of the best clients we have um and the best client relationships that that i've fostered over the years that i've that, uh, and you know across the board um really it's the ones that come to us with with a problem i mean this mm. is going to sound so obvious but if if there's a maturity curve that um you can approach with agency projects and towards the bottom end you have the i need a website i need an asset i need this logo resize and this it, they're very prescribed as you move up that maturity curve they you, know, you will still get solutions being handed to you but really the best projects that we work on and the ones where i i tend to get involved the most are where they just come to us with a problem and we have an open brief about how to solve it um it it's a really if, you, if you've listened to our podcast our together <laughs> podcast on this particular subject um it's a really fascinating topic to to dive into because i'm also quite passionate about not putting the technology first so those two things may sound mm. a little bit in conflict because it's in a creative agency it's so easy to to get driven by by technology that just isn't right for the for the overall concept for the overall value proposition you're proposing and it's a whole separate debate that, that, <laughs> that we could go down but the um you know my job is to come in at that level when when the when the client has a problem and to help them understand the different routes that they can take on from a, from a technical perspective and how we can we can piece them together to solve their their problem in a, in a unique way so from what you've seen, has the proportion of video and audio content in particular being used in B2B marketing, has that increased over the past few years? And sort of what is, what's driving that? Oh, so that's a great question. Um, where do we start? I think, I think, it's, I think it's short answer, yes. Um, you know, definitely with audio, we're seeing a huge uptake um, in podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we've been running our podcast now for... I think goodness, just over two years. I, I thought, yeah, longer. I was going to say. I think you might have been the first like B two B specialist think, who actually had one that I that I was aware of. I think I think we may have been. Uh, mm. I think we've been overtaken now by by a fair few people. In, um, overtaken in what sense, though? Uh, just you know, we're still. I mean, I can talk about. We can talk about some of the newer newer things that are coming down the line. But you know, we're now starting to see things like um, James with his B two B. Uh, live stream on on mm. LinkedIn that he pushes out quite often. Um, you know there are even even newer technologies and newer me- mediums that are coming um, that hear it together. We're still experimenting with. We've done for for many of our clients and not be able to push ourselves. But yeah, we were we are we are very proud to have been the first yes B two B specialist in the kind of popular podcast uh, uh, stores. And it's it's interesting. I mean, for us, if I think about the journey that took us there. It, it was it was kind of accidental in some ways, but it was born out of technology. Mm-hmm. So if I if I roll back to to how I believe this started, and I'm going to have to think back to to when we bought our first audio uh, engineer on board. We were we were always toying with doing some podcasts, and we took a very traditional approach to it initially, which was we had the copy team write a script, and then we had a voiceover artist potentially record it. And what we found is, you know, for a podcast like we're doing right now, that could be two weeks worth of work mm. um, and I'm not going to do the sums for all of all of your listeners here but you know if you know what your agency day rates are you know that's probably quite that's that's a five-figure 
it's a yeah, it's, it's a an investment. Figure. Yeah, it's yeah. an investment exactly. Um, and so we, we just hadn't quite cracked the, the the right way to do it. And we were at the time we were exploring producing in my team. We were exploring producing Alexa apps. Mm. Um, and we had produced a couple of prototypes, and we had a a client that was uh, we were working with to, to to put one together. And we stumbled across a fantastic audio producer um, that's now part of the together team. He's you know he he really is the you know, he, I'm sure I'm sure he knows exactly who he is, but he helps us piece all these together. And he just showed us how simple and how quick it quick these were to to tie together. And I think from there it just exploded. We realised just how easy they how, how, as a medium how much easier they are to produce. Mm. Um, but also as we started to dive into it a little bit deeper, just how much more powerful they are to uh, to be used in certain B2B contexts. So I, I, I'll give you an example from one of our yeah, clients. Yeah, please do. Um, you know, O2, who we run all of their, their internal and external B2B portals for, um, their, th- some of their sales teams actually approached us um, even before we were able to get the prototype stood up to say, hey, where are podcasts going to sit? Because I like to listen to them when I'm on the train and I'm on the way to a client because they want to hear from a sales enablement content perspective. They want to hear that that content. They want to hear those little snippets that give them the edge when they're in the room with a potential prospect. Okay. Um, and so from the, you know, we, we were already producing podcasts at that point, but we have seen just the, the, the audio medium before I go on to video, the audio medium be a fantastic way of efficiently disseminating information, if you will, out to sales teams that might be spending time traveling, that might be spending time doing other things, where that time would normally just be dead. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, we've really seen that, that get taken up. I think it's not to go too far into your next question, but you're talking about how consumer habits have also driven that. You know, it, it's also, that's been intersected with the ease of podcast apps mm. um you know before if you if, if you were a podcast listener back in the early noughties when we all had click click, uh, click ipods before iphones you know you had to pick your podcast pick your rss feeds tell itunes to download them sync your sync your um uh, ipod when you wanted to listen to them and so the it's just become so so much easier and that's just accelerated you know when the, with the launch of serial which made podcasts popular again um you know a lot of the the on-platform podcast apps for apple and android and so on became a lot uh, had a lot more attention paid to them and then really in the last 18 months or two years with spotify joining the scene it's just continued to snowball um so i think those two things together you the consumer habits driving awareness of podcasts and then the efficiency of them in the b2b space um there's a great stat uh, we we like to use here together that says the the average podcast listener earns ten thousand dollars more than than the non-podcast listener that does mean that you can't listen to podcasts and earn 10 grand more but the the um it it just shows you that it just it works well for b2b as a as a medium to both educate consumers and educate your your sales and marketing people is that that true then yeah that is, that. i can i can try and dig it out for you chris it is um when we presented it to the, when we went out with our initial podcast offering to to some of the team here 
um, we we did lead with that stat to say the average uh, podcast listener earns earns more. I believe the figure is ten thousand dollars US dollars. Oh my god! Um, the, the 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 instant reaction from everyone was okay, great. I'm going to start listening to podcasts. And you can pay me $10, <laughs> I, was more, right? I was just about to say, yeah, the, the amount of podcasts I listen to, I should be on a hundred grand more than I am <laughs> exactly, at the moment. Exactly. So uh, you, what you've just said kind of demonstrates that the, that artificiality that's always existed between. B2B and B2C and this kind of the wall that's been thrown up kind of arbitrarily almost because as you mentioned the kind of the, the rising consumer habits are what's almost driven that that ease of use which has really made B2B podcasting such a powerful tool so what have been some of those consumer trends other than as you mentioned serial just kind of taking taking the ball and uh, getting people running with it so no it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a good question I think on the podcast side of all of all kind of outlined a few mm. Serial definitely gets, and there's a, I think it's a fantastic New York Times article that does talk about this. Um, you, Serial really was the start of the podcasting revolution again. Um, I think for us, it's also once we discovered, just I'm sure you you guys at the Drum have have discovered this as well. Once we discovered that you could create a podcast so easily, and you didn't need to write a script, that, that, that you know you really was a very efficient way of getting thought leadership content across. Um, yeah, that helped to drive it because we were, we were all used to writing blog posts. That was our only real medium before, mm. um, uh, be- before podcasting became popular. So it's we actually find it's even easier to do a podcast and then write the blog post afterwards than 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 try and do the, do them both simultaneously. Um, so I think some of some of that has helped drive it. Also, just the ease of the technology nowadays. You don't need a big mixing desk. You don't need you know you don't need a lot of those items to to to, to create them. Um, have all kind of, as I say, joined together to to, to make something, you know, make it right for for podcasts. If if I just think about consumer habits, though, how have consumer habit, how else have consumer habits changed? I think I think the easiest way, the easiest way I can describe this, is actually how my own personal habits have changed. Um, and I'd be interested to know your thoughts on this one as well, mm. Chris. The it, about probably about three years ago, and this comes onto the video side of things. I realized that I wasn't watching here in our house we have Sky which for the US listeners is kind of our version of cable if you will mm-hmm. um the uh, we have Netflix Prime Video now we have Disney Plus yep um what well, else Mandalorian's we back yeah I, I, yeah, I need so. to watch it is it any good it's I, it's very good yeah need, it's I, it's my favorite Star Wars piece of media <laughs> now I'm going to have to resubscribe to Disney Plus again. I just turned that off. The um, what else do I have? I, I don't think there's any service I haven't subscribed to. At do some you point. have a Twitch subscription? I did, did, is that a thing as well? Yes. Yeah, I just you can, well, you can subscribe to the individual creators on Twitch. That's really sort of their, I, their USP. Yeah, I find I do, Twitch is a funny one. I got very into it probably about three or four years ago, and then I it, they've they've definitely had a falling out uh, with some <laughs> of their. Um, smart TV providers because it's much harder to be able to stream Twitch that streak you know, bring Twitch up than it, I can it used to it, be. Yeah. Um, but the uh, but what I realised so we have all these services in our house um, so we have all of these all these different streaming services but what I would watch most was YouTube yeah um, and that's where I would default and even now I'm you know I know at the end of the end of the day it's recording this and it's near three o'clock here in the in the UK. I'm, you know, I'm going to finish finish my day some point this <laughs> evening, and I'll probably go and just watch some random YouTube videos about about my interests. And so I think mm. that's I noticed that my viewing my viewing habits had changed from watching one hour 
or 90 minute films to one hour documentaries down to literally snippets of 10 minutes and i think that's just a small um sample of of really how many other viewing habits have changed we've all we've all seen ourselves go from wanting to wanting to one be in control of the media um that we listen to we don't want to have to watch adverts or although youtube does a great job of doing that there is i don't think there is any part of of, of consumerism that is now safe uh, from b2b <laughs> that's, that's uh not the way i would have put it but that sentence got away from me <laughs> <laughs> so you sort of preempted my next question as well a little bit which is what have been some of the best examples that you've seen of video and audio based b2b marketing other than kind of the work that you're doing yourself so oh I think that's a very yeah. First thing I would say is obviously check out the Together B two B Marketing podcast. Um, we are just about to go through a relaunch, uh, and it will have a new name. So I'm sure you will see that pop up. Very nice. Um, if, if if we get a, get it out in time, but it's you know, not. I would say, I'd say there's some good examples there. There are also some learnings, um, <laughs> and so that that'll be the case. Whoever though, you know, yeah, it's, exactly. it's a learning it's a learning curve. Exactly, exactly. I think I think you know we were talking, Chris, just before we started recording, which was the one of the learnings we found with um, with B two B medium. We're, we're so we're so conditioned, I think, in the agency agency world to in in certainly in the in the b2b space in fact in any marketing space for everything everything has to be polished and final um mm-hmm. and so hence we go into these worlds of writing scripts and we get into going to these worlds of um you know making sure everything is is absolutely perfect and actually one of the key learnings we had and why i think some of the best audio content follows this format is to just keep things a little bit rough around the edges and more honest um, and it makes it much more listen. You know, if you're not using a script, it makes it much more listenable. Mm-hmm. Um, we find, you know, just to give everyone um, a little bit of insight into our own stats, we find the podcasts that are the least prepared um, have the highest um, listenership, um, have the highest amount of listeners, and the highest amount of listeners that listen all the way through. That's quite um, nerve wracking, though. Yeah, it, it is. It is. But it's, and I'm not, you know, it's useful to have a, a, a list of questions, but it's, you know, I, I think you need to not be afraid of trying some of these mechanisms and, and, and getting them out there. So are B2B campaigns viable on social media? I think the short answer is yes. Uh, mm. LinkedIn is absolutely exploding at the moment. That's They've reinvented themselves, uh, whereas before you would only go to LinkedIn when when you were looking for a new job. I think that was pretty much the, the joke <laughs> yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. And now now they've they've reinvented that by bringing their news feed front and center by evolving um, uh, so, so, so how the news feed works. You have to be careful with it. There are some little tri- tricks and tips we've learned over the years about how you post things on LinkedIn to get the most um, most cut through. They do like to make sure they, they keep people on site. And of course, they're, you know, they're doing that both through their blogging platform, their video platform, their streaming platform, and so on. So I think you know linkedin is an absolute given it's the play it's the it is the b2b to be the b2b social network um i think you have to use youtube if you're hosting videos as long as you're as long as you know what you're doing and 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 you need and you're mindful of some of the privacy concerns about how you might host and and how content post your video might how the content might uh, be promoted um you know you have youtube is the right place to, to to host a lot of your videos uh you know the 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 jury's still up. You know, I I don't have a view on Facebook. I would mm. say 
a year ago i would say yes it's viable now i'm i'm uh, now i would say with with everyone being at home more it should still be vi- it sh- you know it should still be viable but just looking at some of the privacy concerns some of the challenges they're having this in the in the us at the moment you know i i i would normally unless there's a very particular uh, medium or, you know, target you're going after that uses facebook you know i would normally see those as, as being the last one to go mm. uh, to go to and and you know twitter twitter is still is still useful for those that you know those that are using it Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Drum Network Podcast. As ever, it was a pleasure talking to our members about their own particular expertise. If you do have any ideas for future episodes, or even if you want to pitch me something slightly more off the wall, then please do just drop me an email at chris.sutcliffe at thedrum.com. Otherwise, I'll see you next time on the Drum Network Podcast.